1212, I go by the name of DJ Wood, and you're now listening to the original Jeek Podcast. Let's go! Ready to make an entrance, so backward! What up, Jeeks? My name is Rockin' Mr. Magic, and he is... Unique DNA. And this is the original Jeek Podcast. Unique DNA, my man, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Back with another one. Another one. Another one. We need the DJ Khaled. Another one. <laughs> Back and my man froze. Oh, no. Ah, there we go. Back. He's back. All right. <laughs> the worst internet. That's all um, good. So yeah. aside from bad internet, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> not much, man. I'm here. Um, you know, the usual. Staying the usual. busy. Okay. Busy. Uh, let's see. PWC. I am... I mean, I guess just jumping right into it. I started playing. Okay. What did I start playing? Uh, I I jumped back into No Man's Sky for a little bit. Okay. A little bit of time. A little bit. Um, because I wanted to, I want to get into that new uh, expedition they got going on. Um, and I realized I'm totally lost. I forgot all the controls. <laughs> forgot everything. Forgot to fly. <laughs> so this is gonna be fun. I forgot where all my bases are. Uh, so that's gonna be fun. Well, that shouldn't um, be hard to find. Yeah, the bases should be easy. I just gotta find a portal. And yeah, just, or just go to a, just go to any space station. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, watching, I watched uh, Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Okay, that looks that looks interesting. I I don't. It's I don't... very interesting. I. Didn't know what to expect going in because, okay. you know, just looking at the cover, I was like, uh, what is this about? Um, but I got to say, it was interesting. It grabbed me. It's definitely sci-fi, which I didn't expect. Um, I guess it's more science fantasy, but it's, it's you know, science fiction, science fantasy. Um, either way, it's pretty cool. Interesting pretty good story i can't wait for season two because they left us on a cliffhanger let's hope netflix doesn't do what netflix does right and you know do their thing but uh good show should watch it uh it's only i think it's like nine episodes something like that uh but that was awesome i don't want to spoil anything because like yeah from the beginning there's a lot that just kind of gets revealed they don't waste any time so I won't talk about what it's about other than whatever's in the trailer. You can go watch the trailer and kind of figure it out for yourself. But uh, yeah, so that was good. Uh, what else have I been watching lately? Um, I guess that was the only thing I've really been watching. Okay. And then, yeah, and then uh, 
What else? Have I, oh, I started playing Pokemon again because nice. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I got the Switch, and you know why not? Um, and I realized that I didn't. <laughs> I got like five gym badges, and I'm like, I didn't finish it, which I don't know why I thought I did, but whatever. So I'm finishing out that campaign, um, and then I guess I'll just go around and see what Pokemon I can find, catch them all, and all that. You know, gotta catch them all. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, creating-wise, um, nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing in particular. Um, you know, we got Jeep Nation, and then we got, I got Dwella, and then uh, uh, one of my friends uh, from here at the church dragged me into another podcast. <laughs> I won't say dragged. I was, I was interested, but uh, he wanted to start a podcast. And um, I'm kind of the only one with the expertise. So he was like, yo, uh, I got this idea for a podcast. It's faith-based. And, you know, we just kind of talk about current events and stuff like that. So it's me, him, and two other my other, two of my other friends from the church. Okay. So that's been fun. We, we haven't launched yet, but um, we got a couple of episodes in the bank. But uh, so we should be launching soon, probably next week, depending on how fast I get this cover art done. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's falling on me to get this cover art done, and then we can post and stuff. But nice. we have about three, four episodes in, so when we post, we'll be kind of already rolling, which should be yeah. good. So uh, yeah, that, and then just doing my regular stuff: photography, videography. All that stuff. The norm. Uh, yeah, the huge. The huge. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You know, it's been a, it's been very busy. I cannot wait until my wife is done with work for the summer. Because mm. uh, she's got two more weeks and then school. Two more out, weeks? Out. Yeah, roughly. Uh, that's like the end of June, bruh. It's always in the June. Jersey sucks when it comes to school. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Bro, that don't make great. no sense, man. They, these kids have been like home. They ain't missing no snow days or nothing. Bro, it's been like that since I can remember. Well, no, not since I can remember. But, like, I remember somewhere around maybe my freshman year in high school, it was like Jersey just kept getting later and later. And they kept That's pushing it back later and later. Like, I remember we used to get out, like, early. We would get out, like, June 12th, June 15th. And then, like, somewhere along the line, they were just like, hey, you know what we could do? It's just, like, add another week onto school. And, uh, yeah, it was horrible because, like, my cousins, you know, my cousin lives in yeah. PA. And uh, they were always getting out, like, a week or two ahead of me. And I'm just like how are you guys out of school already? They'd be like, come, like, they would come down and, like, stay with us. And, like, I have to get up every week, every day and go to and school. go to school. And they'd be like, <laughs> like bye. And they'd be, like, chilling at home. And I'm like, yo, you chilling at my house, eating my food, playing my games while I got to go to school. Um, That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Man. So, it's, it's been like that for a long time. And, um, yeah, so I just can't wait to uh, when she gets out because then that means 
I got a lot more free time because right now it's like, you know, she's at work. I got the kids. Yeah. Then she comes home. We do the, you know, we do the handoff, do the parent shuffle. Right. And uh, I'm off to do work, which is cool. Except for like my plate is so full now. It's like, man, I'm like, if I'm not recording, I'm editing like every single day. Yeah. Um, I got to record today. (laughs) Um, I'm recording here on the podcast and then I got to record for the church. So, um, yeah, it's just been, it's it's a blessing because I'm busy, but it's also like, I'm busy. (laughs) You busy, busy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That's true. But, um, yeah, man, so that's been my week. That's cool. That's uh, cool. What's up? With me? Um, same old. Um, since I still ain't working, all I'm doing is trying to create stuff. Um, I had a great time. Uh, so last week was cool because I got two more episodes of Classic Colloquy recorded. I had a really good time with the first time uh, guest, um, Cameron Franklin from the One Geek Four One One podcast. Nice. Um, uh, really had a really good time with him, especially for it being our first time like ever interacting. Um, it was really cool. And let's see. Uh, been playing Destiny as normal. Um, playing No Man's Sky. Um, been watching. Been watching my some usual stuff. I I started to do my rewatch of Battlestar for the year, um, and actually like get through it this time. So, because last time I tried to restart, I I only went a couple episodes in, and then something distracted me, and um, oh no, the wife wanted to watch it too, ah. and then uh, so I waited for her, and then it yeah, that always throws things off. Yeah, then 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 it never came to fruition. So like I'm just gonna restart it, and if she decides to come in and watch it, that's cool, whatever. Um. So start rewatching Battlestar. Um, still watching um, still watching Dragon Ball Super. Um, just watched the baseball episode, which was hilarious. <laughs> that was funny. I wish I would have seen that episode before I challenged y'all to put together uh, this baseball team on Dwella because I would have made sure that y'all need y'all didn't have any DBZ people in there, but you didn't anyway, which was kind yeah, of we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. You did. Uh, um. Big Country picked uh, Yamcha. Oh yeah, he right. Big Country picked Yamcha, which was very, which made sense. Yeah. Uh, and and Yamcha in the pit <laughs> <laughs> on home base was hilarious. I was I was dying. That was quite entertaining. Like look, this is kind of familiar. Him lying in the crater like that. I was like, <laughs> they playing Yamcha out all the time, man. All the time. Oh man, that was hilarious. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so that that's that. I've been watching that. I'm trying to think of anything else I've been watching. Um, aside, well, obviously the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, Chris Paul was my MVP. He's still my MVP. Uh, Jokic didn't deserve it, in my opinion. Um, he's all. good. I I thought he should have been in consideration, especially maintain the level of play with Jamal Murray going down, but my man don't play defense. 
And I'm sorry, the Suns weren't even in the playoffs. Second best record in the West. I, how how do you not give Chris Paul the MVP? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's always been a popularity contest anyway. Still though, like <laughs> that's why I don't like. I don't really. CP three got robbed, and to me, when they when they robbed Jason Kidd, when they gave it to Tim Duncan and said Jason Kidd, that was the first to me like devaluing the MVP awards. Like, hey, come on, Jason Kidd's clearly the most valuable player. He took a team. That was like the had like the worst record in the league, or like next to worst record in the league, and the next year in the NBA Finals. You can't right. tell me that there's anybody more valuable to their team than Jason Kidd. So, right. Chris Paul is the most valuable player, and he's proving it. And they and they swept the Nuggets, and he showed it. He had the impact. And the man had what four games, and like six or seven total turnovers, and four playoff games in the semifinals. Like, come on. Like, who does that? Who has a, who has a game where they go, they score at least 15, 15 assists and zero turnovers? Yeah, it, well, it's only been done four times, right? In the and last... he's done three of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, like three of the four times is Chris Paul who's done it. Like, I, I they if they want to give some more awards out, a playoff MVP would be good, and right now it's Chris Paul. Especially considering that the Nuggets are out of the playoffs. <laughs> Done. And, and it wasn't close. Right. Like, it there was, was it wasn't even <laughs> close. There wasn't one game where it was like, oh, the Nuggets may win this game. No. <laughs> like, it right. wasn't close. It was a total, a whole, like, a total sweep. Yes. Just, like, that's, that's why I said, like, it, it, the MVP for me has always been, like, uh, it's just a popularity contest. Um, since, yeah, even since all the way back then when Jason Kidd got robbed, snubbed, if you will. He got um, robbed. I'll call it what it is. <laughs> I always just kind of been like, yeah, I don't even care anymore. So, because the, the ones that deserve it, it seems like they don't get it. And it's like, how does your MVP get swept? <laughs> like your MVP got swept so that they showed uh, there was an image I think ESPN posted out of MVPs that got swept to the playoffs um, that season Kareem in 77 in the Western Conference Finals um, Moses in the 79 playoffs I think I forget which round Magic in the 89 Finals which, I mean, it happened, but it, I, I don't count that because Magic, um, he was playing. He played all of Game One with a strained hammy, and then he pulled it right. into Game Two, and so he played. He played ten percent of Game Two, and he tried to play in Game. He tried to play again in Game Three. I don't think he suited up at all for Game Four, but like the the man the man didn't play, right. so like I can't I I can't even personally like, I don't count that against Magic, right. and then and then Jokic, like, 
like, yo, I, I mean, again, yeah, missing Jamal, I know, but still, the real MVP showed out. Right, and that's the point, right? If you're an MVP, it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any points of contention like, oh, well, you know, well, or, or excuses, I should say, uh, well, you know, you're missing, you're missing your, one of your core role players, or you're missing, like, you're the MVP. You should be carrying, you're, you're carrying the team anyway. If you yeah. really are the MVP, you're carrying the team anyway. And it falls the on The real you. MVP, right, is going to carry the team. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Anyway, it was wild, because <laughs> every game, Chris just played better and better. And he dropped 37 in the closeout. Right. And I, as I'm watching it, I'm like, yo, they cannot stop Chris from getting to his spot. And it's like, I, I know where Chris is going. He's we headed, all know. He's, he's headed to the right, to the right elbow, and he's going to shoot that, you know, side fade. And it's like, yo, I, do you know how to play deep? Are you going to try to keep him away from his spot? Or are you just going to let him dribble to the spot? Because he's gonna go there and he's gonna hit that jumper, and yeah, every time, every time, every time. yeah, that was it's great to watch. The Clippers and Jazz has been fun so far. Um, I think they played again tonight. Um, hoping that the Clippers win because I want to see that keep going. And um, you know the playoffs, you know the playoffs have been great. Uh, I think the numbers have been up like thirty something percent, um, and that's without LeBron, um, or. Yeah, that's without LeBron in the playoffs. And I think, uh, you know, without the Lakers and Celtics, it's like, wow. Um, so people are happy, apparently, that there are some fresh faces and fresh teams uh, in the playoffs and going yep. far, which is super cool. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been watching. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I'm very excited for the play- uh, just because I think we might actually see a, a crowning of a brand-new first-time champion like we talked but, about last week, which will be yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it has to be. No, it doesn't have to be because the Sixers um, are are probably going to beat Atlanta. I, I don't see Atlanta winning. Um, and then the Sixers would face whoever comes out um, of the uh, – what's that matchup? Um, I was just thinking about it. Talking about on the, the, um, on the east? Yeah, the, the Nets and the Bucks. The Nets and the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. So if the Nets win, they've never won the championship. But if the Bucks win, they haven't won since Kareem, but they have won. So, yeah. And obviously, but, I mean, and obviously the Sixers have won in the past, too. So um, it would take the Nets winning for to the finals to be the first time champion. And then the Clippers, Jazz, um, and Suns, obviously, none of, they have, um, they've never won. So it for the West turn conference team, it would be a first time, you know, champion. champion. Cool. I like the odds. <laughs> yeah, the, the odds are definitely in the I mean, depends on who comes out the East. because um, I honestly Philly's really good. Um everyone's talking about Brooklyn, but I think people need to not forget about Philly. Because if Embiid's yeah. playing, you know. Well, Brooklyn's gonna have they are they're in trouble now. Yeah, because they're down two stars. Yeah, Kyrie. Uh, who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows what's I mean, going on with that ankle? Yeah. Yeah, and Harden James is, is out. 
yeah, he's 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 in and out. So um yeah, they're and they said, in a little bit of trouble. They said James and Kyrie are out for tomorrow's game. Which I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Because they were up, they were up to. Yes. So you rest them up. Maybe you lose game. This is what we going into game five. Was it gonna be game five? Yeah. Right. So maybe you lose game five, which means you go into you go into a game six situation. Hopefully by then, at least one of them is you know seventy five seventy five percent at least, or hopefully both or at least 75% to play. And, you know, you pull out game six and, you know, you win game six and win game seven. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be that, – that, that, that one's definitely going all the way to game seven. I think um, so, too. And I, I think if I'm Steve Nash, because game five's at home, I'm hoping KD has a statement game, goes bonkers, drops 40, 50 – and you win, and then you hope that you win game six back in Milwaukee, um, knowing you might not, especially because Milwaukee's been bodying them up and playing some some old-school bully ball on them. Some very old-school bad boy ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They've been playing some bully ball on them. Um, And if you lose that one, then then you know you've got home court game seven. And because he um, the next week were negative on Kyrie, hopefully his ankle is good enough that he can play Game Seven, and maybe James can play. I don't. Who knows what the hand, you know what's the hammy? Um, that's a whole tricky thing, but yeah, you know at least the ankle. Hopefully Kyrie should be available for Game Seven, and then you have. Uh, yeah, I mean, at home. yeah, I mean, if if t- tomorrow if. If old school Blake shows up, KD don't goes even off, say that name to me. And and Joe Harris does his thing. They got a good chance. They got a good chance. Um, but Blake has been iffy at best. Jars, Harris I just want been... them. I I I just I want them to lose just because of him. <laughs> like he don't deserve nothing. <laughs> like I, I need, I, I need a cuss button, even like, like just because, like, just to replace the things that I want to say to Blake Griffin, because he a punk and he owes Detroit about forty million dollars. Well, politics aside, <laughs> his lack of effort, not even if he, trying. If he, if he shows up, if the old Blake shows up, and like I said, and Harris, Harris, he's been consistent all playoffs. Um, he's been, he's been putting up decent numbers. And they got a pretty good, solid bench. They they'll do all right. Um, it'll be a close game for sure. Yeah, this, this whole thing. I'm not going to say they're going to win, but they they got they got a better chance of winning if he shows up. Well, they're they're still um, the favorites because Giannis has not been playing like a superstar. Right. So, as long as Giannis isn't playing like a superstar, and you know. And at least one of the net stars is, it's going to be close, and they have a shot. Right. All right. So we're since we're running low on time, going to quickly jump into some quick hits here. Quick hit number one. And I wish I was trying to save this for 
I reboot police, but it was just so egregious that I had to bring it up. <laughs> There's going to be a new Monsters movie. And I love the Monsters. But I did too. Rob Zombie <laughs> is set to direct the Monsters movie. What? <sighs> yeah, just what? Like, why? And I'm, I'm scared for what this is going to be. What what do you, what do you think? He doesn't have a good track record. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This could go so many different ways. Like, I, I don't want to. First of all, nobody asks for this. I mean, that, yeah, that's every, yeah. That's, that's every re, that we start. We should just. <laughs> You know, start with every reboot police, but nobody asked for this. Um, I love the monsters. I used to watch it. We talked about this on the Mountain Nerd podcast, but yes. um, you know, uh, that was my Nick at night, man, and and that was my childhood. <laughs> the monsters and you know, Adam's family and all of that. Yeah. Um and like, yeah, it's just first of all, like just a reboot is already just a bad idea, in my opinion. Um, for so many different reasons. The casting was perfect. It's going to be hard to find that cast again. Like, I I can't argue with anybody in the casting of the original Monsters. Oh, they were fantastic. Fred um, Gwynn as Herman Munster was masterful. It, he was great. Right. Like, how, how do you replace him? Oh, with anybody. You can't replace Fred Gwynn. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Nah. Um, and then anybody who who they, you know, cast, even if they had a good director, um, would just be a bad imitation of Fred Gwynn, right? Yes. Like it would be a bad imitation imitation, or they would just try and go a totally opposite direction and be like gritty and dark and not the lovable, goofy you know, dad, you know, that yeah. he was. Um, yeah, so that already is bad enough because I'm just like, you're going to ruin the casting just because everybody, like, you can't, like, how do you how do you match that, you know? Bro, I, I don't know. <laughs> and you're, what you just said is my greatest fear is that because it's Rob Zombie and everything he's done has been, you know, horror, crazy, you know, stuff that, that's what he's gonna do, and that's not the monsters. The whole exactly. the whole premise of the monsters was that that they were legendary monsters that were just trying to live a regular life, and right. the, the oddball for them was Marilyn Munster, who was the one that everyone thought was normal. Right, um, and for her, <laughs> and for her, they were just normal because they were just normal people who just happened to live in a dusty old house and you know and be vampires and be well, werewolf and be Frankenstein, like that they were just trying to be normal people and right. get along with their neighbors and, and go to tea parties and, you know, and play baseball and just right. live this American life. And yeah, Rob Zombie is probably going to be like, oh, let's see if Herman and Lily eat their neighbor. Or, right. I don't know. Whatever Rob Zombie does, I, I, I can't even watch the trailers of his movies. They just look ridiculous. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at a reboot if it was a television show and if it was the same, if it was of the same vein 
because so much time has passed, technology, society, that a reboot could be fun if it was a TV show, if it was a sitcom again, and you just put the monsters into today's society and let them be the monsters. But a movie doesn't really fit the format. Not at all. Because, I mean, as much as I love the monsters, I couldn't watch a monsters movie. That's too long. Like, you, you can only do the same jokes of, of that nature for too long. It works as a sitcom because it's it fits in 22 minutes. Yeah, you get, you get your quick laughs and, yeah. and move on. Exactly. As a movie, it's just, that's too much. And I... I don't even want to see images of whatever Rob Zombie tries to put together. That's just... Yeah, not to mention, I mean, now that you, I mean, you, you mentioned that too, but like, what story do you tell? Like, is it an origin story? Like, how do you fit an hour and a half? Let's just say an hour and a half. Um, and that's on the low end. Most movies run at least an hour and 50 minutes these days. Um, like, how do you fit? Like, what story do you tell in that time? I, I have no idea what story he, you're trying to tell in 90 minutes. And the thing is, like, why would you even... You don't need an origin story. Nobody right. cares about the origin. We right. know who the family is. We don't need an origin. Exactly. So that that doesn't really, you know, make much sense. I mean, and then, like, even though I'm thinking, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't... None of this makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it really doesn't. And yeah, like you said, I like I could definitely see them trying to take because it's you know I mean it's twenty twenty one, and everything wants to take the dark gritty edge, and uh, we're gonna take everything that we want to make everything dark and dismal and brooding teenager because you know is the CW underwriting this? <laughs> is the CW part of this? The CW underwrites everything. Can we just be honest here? <laughs> everything has to be dark and brooding and gritty. And, and full of teenage angst. And for, if it's not CW, it's DC. So, um, <laughs> oh, uh, so right. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, just terrible. terrible All right, let's terrible. let's return to the hardwood real quick. Um, the NBA has mentioned that they are going to be considering rule changes in regards to jump shooter contact and unnatural motion that will go before the Committee Board of Governors. You and I have talked in the past about uh, certain jump shooters, <coughs> James Harden, <coughs> um, uh, Reggie <coughs> Miller, um, and such over the years, and their uh, leg kicks and ways to try to draw calls. What do you think about the NBA potentially making things a little more even for uh, defenders? Um, I like the idea. The concept is there. I like the concept. I like the idea. But what I fear is, will happen is it's going to be over-policed. And it's just going to, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin the game. It's going to slow down the pace. It's going to, you know what I mean? Um, because it's just going to be... Every little like misstep, every little kick, every little arm flail, even if it's accidental, is gonna be a whistle, mm. right? 
And do, do you really I, think I, so? Because I think so. Because I mean, that's just typically what happens with these when they make these rule changes. At least in the yeah. beginning. No, no, you're right. Yeah, it always right. gets over released. Yeah, they yeah, because they're just like, oh, new rule, and they just like, you know, they go hard after it, which I understand because you want to enforce it, you want to kind of build that habit. But see, that's that's not even it. People, I I don't even think that's it. They go hard after it because let's 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 be a hundred. The rules that change like this, traveling rules, carrying rules shooting rules are because you have a couple egregious offenders and right. so that they don't have the um they don't want to have the visual that they're going after those egregious offenders they right. overzealously police it and then you're right it slows games down because we know this is really we could call this the james harden rule that's really right. what it's about Right, and, it's just like the carrying rule was was for AI. Everybody yes, knew that. Everybody, yeah, because he was carrying the ball, and everybody right. was like, "How you go let this man just carry the ball?" Right. Yeah. And if it was real, you know, like, look, it's like, hey, James, stop kicking your legs out. You know, stop doing all these funky stuff to try to draw calls. But to me, as I have an easier fix, stop blowing the whistle when he does it. Like, right. why change the rule? Don't blow the whistle. Right. If he's doing it, if he's initiating the contact like that, you know, don't blow the whistle. Right. I, that's not, I wouldn't blow the whistle half the time with the stuff he does. Well, yeah, when he tries to draw that contact and he throws his body on the ground. Right. Like, looking like a soccer player flopping. Like, no, <laughs> bruh, that wasn't a foul. Like, they, this isn't. It's really not necessary. Uh, right. I mean, Trey Young does it a bit too, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a handful a of yeah, no, there's, there's a handful of egregious examples. James and Trey being the two biggest ones, but most players, this doesn't apply to them. This doesn't apply to this doesn't even apply to LeBron, and he's one of the king of floppers. LeBron don't be doing that. Every right. once in a while, if he tries, he he may do it to draw a call, but I, I consider that gamesmanship. Because it's not on right. every single play. Right. You know, Steph don't be doing that. Clay don't be doing that. Dame don't be doing that. Shooters that shoot, they're, they're not they're not doing that. It's Harden, it's Trey, it's a couple others, and that's it. Exactly. Uh, the Bogdanoviches aren't doing that. They're excellent shooters. Joe Harris is doing it. Ain't doing it. He's an excellent shooter, you know? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I agree. It's definitely a handful of bad apples um and but like i said I, I just i i'm glad that they're addressing it because the ones that are doing it are egregious <laughs> and you know a little out of hand but i just i, I mean historically we've always seen how this goes right mm -hmm. it just become it becomes this thing of like like you which, I mean, that's a good point that I didn't think about, but it's like, oh, well, we don't want to look like it's the James Harden rule or the AI rule or the, you know, whatever. Um, so we're just going to go after everybody. But then it just, you know, it ruins the pace of the game. It makes it just kind of like, like, because the, the players also, you know, they get apprehensive, you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, well, I, I can't, I got to change my form now. You know, well, 
because they shouldn't have like either they shouldn't, they shouldn't be that, have to. Yeah, they shouldn't but be like, that big. You I mean, should know you, how to jump straight up and down to shoot a jump shot. Yeah, but NBA. I mean, just just like in certain situations, maybe not all the time, but in certain situations where it's like I'm going up for a shot and just forward momentum, and you know, which is what the call is really meant for in the first place, is like I'm you know I'm going up for a shot. And I just got the momentum, and I can't slow it down. Then the, you know, whatever. Right. And so these things happen, accidentally or whatever. And now it's like I might be a little bit apprehensive to go after that shot, or I might hesitate or whatever. And you know how that goes. As as players, we know how that goes, right? You we mess up your, you mess up the flow, and then like now I probably would have made that shot, but because I was a little, I hesitated and it just threw off my form or whatever. So, I mean, I could just see it being, like I said, I could just see it being a problem all and, around. Well, especially if they do not make it clear what they consider unnatural. Because right. if you, if I go up for a shot and I'm fading to the side, like the Chris Paul shot we were just talking about, um, that's that's a very natural Shot. That's how he shoots it. We've seen it a hundred times. Um, right. But as a as a ref, I'm like, how do I look? You know, like you said, if it's yeah, not how defined, I'm like, ah, unnatural, unnatural. Yeah. So now, again, like I said, like that's where the if it's not clearly defined, the players going to make their own definition of it. The refs are going to have their own definition of it. The league is going to have their own definition of it, see, <laughs> and, and, and that's the, where it's going to be a problem. And that would be a problem. So for this to work, they need to clarify with the Players Association and probably come to agreement, this is what we consider unnatural motion. And you have X amount of days to respond if you think we're wrong and with examples on what you think should be considered natural motion and then come up with a decision. Um and to me, it's just, look, if James Harden's doing it, it's probably egregious and don't do it. If it's just a regular <laughs> jump shot, you know, if Chris Paul's fading the side, you're fading back, you know. And, so, and you know what? These guys who leap forward a little bit when they shoot their threes, I don't mind that because they're not – their legs aren't – their whole body's moving forward. Their legs aren't kicking out and whatever, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's, might, that's that's some people. I might – as a defender, I might interpret that as you trying to draw contact. Right, you trying to draw? You trying? You because that's not technically that's not a natural motion. No, it is a natural motion. Forward leap. Some people just jump forward. We've seen that. We've seen that forever. Some people (laughs) just jump forward. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm I'm playing. You're playing uh, devil's advocate. I got you. Yeah. I got you. As, as our affinity bros say, I'm. I'm playing Mephisto's advocate here. But Mephisto's advocate. Yes. (laughs) Um. Which is rubbish, yeah, by the way. We will see Mephisto or <laughs> in Loki, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Okay. We just we just lost we just lost Max. Um, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> um, quick bit of news I think you'll find interesting. There was some backlash from WWDC. Um, you and I offline mentioned that it was boring and it was trash. <laughs> nothing Just happened. Put it out there. It was trash. <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, but some people are very very upset because they expected that there would be a new MacBook Pro announcement, and there was not. Uh, well, they're stupid. 
<laughs> and uh, what is often a tradition with WWDC is that some people will sell their MacBook Pro um, to get, you know, to make a good amount of money because the value is pretty high then. And that will cover a lot, maybe, you know, three quarters of the cost to buy the brand new MacBook Pro that would come out in probably like a week or two. Well, since that did not happen, <laughs> uh, and Apple did not reveal any new laptops, now there are a, a large number of people who sold their computers to gear up for new ones who no longer have a computer. They're also stupid. <laughs> have to go back and pretty much buy the same one they already had, um, or whatever the current, or the, just the current models that are currently out right now. Well, <laughs> I was gonna ask you what you think, but you just said they're stupid. They're uh, stupid. You need DNA. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you need DNA. Um, let let's uh, let's borrow from our our friends at the Affinity Bros. Um, let's go through a one through six ranking. How stupid are they? <laughs> six. Six out of six. <laughs> six out of six. Oh um, yeah, no, I'll elaborate. I won't. I won't just. I won't be that guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, and I'm not even an Apple fanboy anymore. I was at one point, but um, I I just. I won't say I got burned by Apple too many times. I just saw through the veil. Um, and, you know, my eyes are open and I was like, hey, wait a minute. We keep getting the same phone every year. We keep getting the same MacBooks and MacBook Pros every year, but the prices keep going up. How does that work? Um, and though my Mac, iMac and my MacBook served me very well, they both lasted about 10 years. And actually, technically, my MacBook still works. I just need to... Um, upgrade a few things um which i just didn't feel like spending the money on uh yeah they I, I when it came time to buy a new one i was like i could buy this macbook for close to three thousand dollars for what i need it for video yeah. editing and such um or i can go get this pc for half the cost and it's upgradable, and I can buy my own parts, and I can build it myself, and all that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and there's more freedom. It, right. And I have more power, more accessibility, um, because I'm not locked into everything Apple. And I don't have to deal with the, the you know, with Apple and their feelings. If, if today, you know, they wake up and they decide they don't like Adobe anymore, because they've done that in the past, and I'd be screwed. Because I use largely Adobe for everything that I do yeah. in, my, in my business. So, um, but I said all that to say, if you've been following Apple long enough, you know that they're kind of leaning towards each device having their own um, conference, if you will. And yes. WWDC has more or less become about iOS. It's more been, than yes, else. it's been a software thing the last four or five times. Right. Um, and then, you know, in probably what, August or something like that, they're going to have their, because um, usually it's right before they go back to school, then they'll have their MacBook event right. and their iMac event. And then they'll have in September, they usually have the iPhone event and the iPad. And so, I mean, these, 
if you know any, if you've been following them, you really are a fanboy. And even if you're not, because like I said, I'm not, um, you know that that was a dumb decision. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was a really dumb decision. Because you, if you look just historically, like you said, the last four or five years, it was all going to be iOS anyway. Um, and they may have talked about a new iPad, if anything, but definitely not a new MacBook. They yeah. just announced a new MacBook back in, what is it, August? When the M1 chips yeah. and all that stuff came exactly. out. That was like so, August. Yeah, so, so it's like, why, why, yeah, the timing made no sense. Like, why yeah. would you think this? Is they just put the M1 chip in the computer right. and, and everyone was geeked about out. it. Yeah, it's just like, I think they just started like shipping in what, December? I can't remember exactly because, like I said, I haven't been following that closely, but I think it was like December or January. They just started shipping them. Yeah. So what makes you think less than five months later? I know Apple is greedy and they like to get their money, but come on. It hasn't even been a year yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no a year yet. Yeah. And historically, they haven't been refreshing the MacBooks that often. No, like, it's been a year and a half to two years. Yeah. Refresh. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't expect that. And so that's why if you sold your MacBook, you're stupid <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, come on. And hey, you ain't you ain't wrong. Like, it's, <laughs> that, that is just, it was not a wise move. Um, and you, you, you were very clear on why. I, there's nothing I can add to that <laughs> at all. So I'm going to leave that as is, and we are going to move into our final topic of this episode. Um, this is our main event, and dun -da -da. Dun -da -da, it is upcoming. Is by the you know, when this episode comes out, um, it'll be a few days before Father's Day. So on behalf of the original Jeeks, myself and Unique DNA, we want to wish all the fathers. A happy Father's Day. And in celebration, we're talking about big time, memorable sports dad moments. I have come up with a, a top five list. I'm going to run it by Unique DNA, see what he thinks, and see if there's any he wants to add or, remo and, or remove from my list. So, um, my top five sports dad moments number one and this is not in any particular order these are just five really dope moments but the last one i do think is the best number one spoiler alert sp well, this shouldn't be a spoiler these are all events that happened um well, if you miss the spoiler that you you know you already revealed your best one now oh yeah it's okay that makes sense <laughs> everybody um, knows to wait for the last one <laughs> that's true um so the first so my first one <laughs> is the Harbaugh at the Super Bowl. Um, for those who recall that uh, Jim Harbaugh and his brother John coached the Super Bowl against each other with the Ravens against the 49ers. And there was a yep. fantastic moment where their dad's taking a picture with them, both coaches at media day. And obviously he's super proud um, that both of his boys were there to make history in the first ever coach, you know, brother coaches facing each other uh, in the Super Bowl. It was a fantastic moment. Yeah. That was an awesome moment. I, um, I don't know. I, it's one, it was one of those moments that I didn't realize until it was like, you know, brought up in the media. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, 
that's true. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> it was kind of like, because you know, like you, you think about it, but you don't really, it's always kind of in the back of your mind, but it does, like you just kind of gloss over it. Yeah. Um, until like the media does, they make it a big deal out of it. Um, as they should have, because it was, it was a historic moment and it was cool. It was a cool moment. Um, Super Bowl, you know, both Super Bowl contenders. Um, awesome moment as a, as their dad to be able to say like, yeah, I'm the only dad in history as of right now that raised two Super Bowl contender coaches. Right. <laughs> coaches. And and at the end of the day, I can say my son's a Super Bowl winning coach right. regardless well, of who no wins. Matter who wins. No matter who wins. The question is, is the son that won now his favorite son? <laughs> I still think Jim's his favorite son because Jim's the one who played in the NFL. <laughs> but, you know. And Jim's the one that played in Michigan, and and their dad coached in Michigan. So yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it's just you know, it was a cool moment. I like that moment. That was a good one. And it was good for John to get something up on Jim for once. For once, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, you rarely hear about John. You hear about Jim more. Yeah, we heard about Jim for a long time. Long. Okay. Uh, Next moment, which is probably a a big one for you. This is a big one for me. Um, this one, honestly, um, I'm going to be very vulnerable. This one makes me cry every time I watch it. Um, and this is Derek Edmond, Derek Redmond and his dad, Jim, at the 92 Barcelona Games. Uh, so if you're not old enough to have seen this, uh, Derek Redmond was, is a British track and field star, and he was running the 400 meters, and he pulled a hamstring. As you know, I think he tore it. He pulled or tore, but it was really bad. It was pretty bad. It was, it was pretty really bad. bad. I'm pretty sure he tore it because it was ugly. And his dad made his way out of the stands onto the track, put his arm around his son. Derek put his arm around his dad, and they finished the 400 together. Someone tried to come up and, like, put the camera in their face or whatever, and Jim, very angry, was like, I think he was like, get the F out the way or something like that. He was, he was like, get out of the way. <laughs> um, but it is one of the seminal father-son moments in sports to me. It is, it's a beautiful moment. Um, obviously, his dad was a huge supporter of his track career. His son's on the biggest stage in sports, doing the oldest sport there is in just racing and you know, running. And his son had a shot at being you know, in the final until – until that hamstring injury and, you know, carried his hobbled son who wanted to finish the race there. It's such a beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites, uh, you know, of course I'm partial to it because it's track and field and that is my sport. Um, and also being raised by a track dad, (laughs) Um, and one of the first lessons in learning is you always finish the race. That's right. Um, yeah, it was just a great moment. I mean, I think about whenever I see it, I always think about the moments that I had with my dad on the track. Um, my dad coached my team. Well, he coached my f- freshman year. Yeah, my freshman year, he coached our team to uh, the uh, undefeated season. Mm. Um, my high school team. We went undefeated, undefeated for the first time in like I think it was like fifty something years. Wow. Um, yeah. So 
uh, we had a lot of great moments. And my dad coached me. Well, that uh, that led him to getting the job with another school. And of course, you know the high schools are coming out, and they're like, "What? What did you guys do? Who? What's your secret weapon?" And uh, come to find out, it was my dad was mm-hmm. our secret weapon. <laughs> and uh, so that let him get in the job at another school, at a rival school at that. But um, but yeah, up until that moment, it was. But even then, um, the next greatest moment, dad moment and track for me was uh, when we went up against that rival school. Okay. And they had their star because I ran hurdles and my dad ran hurdles. And so they had their star hurdler, and I was a star hurdler um, of my school. And so, of course, we faced off in the 400. Okay. <laughs> and, of course, everybody, literally the entire field stopped for this race. Like, field events, everything. Because, you know, usually yeah. um, the- if, you, if, if you go to a track meet, especially high school, um, they're running all the events at the same time, especially field events and stuff like that. Yep. Um, for this, just for the sake of time. Of course, you can't and, you can't pause yeah, everything per event. You'll right. be there for a week. Right, but literally everything stopped for everybody to come watch the 400 race of me versus. I remember, I remember the guy's name. His name was George. It was me. It was literally me. Even though it was like everybody else on the, you know, we got eight lanes. Yeah, it was me. It didn't versus matter. George. It was it was you two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was me versus George. Never forget it. And. um I'll never forget that it came down to, like, he was fast. I got to give it to him. He was fast. And it came, like, it literally came down to a photo finish. <laughs> and it was like, everybody was like, who won? Who won? And um, so my dad being my dad, he was like, I can't give it to my son. So he gave it to George. But we all know I won. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they get, you know, they left it up to the coaches to decide because, it was high school. We didn't really have any, you know, finish line cameras and all that. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So like, just watching that, I've seen it so many times. Uh, I remember the first time I saw it was actually on TV, but then seeing it replayed, you know, you see it on like Facebook every once in a while. Every every once in a while, it pops up on Facebook or social media in general, mm-hmm. and they had the video with the emotional music, and they have the the text, you yeah. know, sprinkled in there, and they tell with telling the story of how his dad was in the stands and how the security tried to stop him from getting mm-hmm. on the field uh, on the track, and he's like, "I gotta go, that's my son," and you know the whole thing. And then I think he said, um, "I'm trying to remember, but I think when he went to pick him up, he was like, I 'I can't finish' or something like that." And his dad was like, "We're gonna finish it together." And it was just a good moment. It's just a great moment because you you know, especially black fathers. Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot of moments like that with black fathers, just in general, um, and especially not in the media. So just to see that and like to, for people to see that, like there really are good black fathers out there. Um, Indeed. Great moment. Uh, I won't dwell on it too long because I might get emotional. But yeah, <laughs> I like that one. And if I had to pick my top five. Um, favorite that would be my number one. <laughs> it, it it's a great one. Like um, yeah. It it's it's not my number one, but emotion level, it's definitely the number one emotion level one for me. But um, all right. So I'll continue. So number 
Number three on my list is The Williams Show, the 1999 Lipton Tennis Final, where Venus and Serena met in a tennis final for the first time. Richard Williams in the stands was a sign that says The Williams Show. And as he, as the, as the tennis fans couldn't stand him, very loudly saying, I told you so. <laughs> as he's talking about his girls. Um, and this was the precursor to their dominant run through women's tennis. Just a, a fantastic moment. Um, Richard Williams was right. As much as they hated him for it, it was right. And they were going to witness the, the start right there in 1999. Yeah, that was a great moment. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We talked, which the episode should be coming out this Wednesday. But, like, we we just talked about Dwella. You know, on Dwella, we talked about having confidence in your kids. Yeah. And that is a great example that we didn't bring up. <laughs> We well, have. Richard Williams doesn't <laughs> qualify as an anime dad, but he probably would have made a good anime dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just that that you know confidence in your kids. Like, listen, I know my girls, and I'm telling you, they are going to dominate for the next however many years. Um, just because, as long as they want to, you know, I'm it, it pretty much, and. That's just, you know, that's just awesome. You know, I don't have any girls, so I I don't know what that feels like. But I can imagine, I'm sure you know what it feels like to be so proud of your girls. Yeah. And just knowing what they're capable of. Um, yeah, that's just awesome, that moment. I kind of want to be a girl dad just for moments like that. Think, think about this. <laughs> Venus just lost, I think, in the semis of the French Open. It's 2021. And we're right. talking about nineteen. That was nineteen ninety. Yeah. So you're talking about twenty two years. Yeah. Twenty years. That's a long run. It's a long man. run. It's a long run. You was um, right. <laughs> uh, so staying in the nineties, we have the nineteen ninety seven Masters. Eldrick Tiger Woods wins the Masters, and shares a momentous hug with his father, Earl, at the 18th hole at Augusta National. Tiger isn't the media darling he used to be, but (laughs) this moment was huge. Just, just a, you know, the, we, we know how much Earl meant to Tiger. Um, for just life, obviously his career as a golfer, but just in life and how much guidance and how much his father just meant to him, you know, and people forget like his dad caddied for him for a while before he got too old for it. Um, But like just how much his dad meant to him and that, you know, that hug was just, you know, at the culmination of winning the biggest golf event, you know, that there is was just amazing. Yeah, it's it's another one of those moments, man. It's just uh, raising your your child, help raising your child in the sport, and just knowing how great, like, the potential that they have. Yeah. And then finally seeing that 
come basically full circle um, to to this moment. And like that, you know, you know, because like a lot of times, either father fathers don't get to see it because mm-hmm. right? like unfortunately, a lot of fathers pass away way too early. <laughs> like you know, um, Jordan. Yeah. A good example. Like, I mean, he he's probably got to see him win a championship, but he didn't get to see what uh, like he didn't get to see the fruition of his like the full fruition of his career, right? You know, um, or that terrible that so sad story that's going around about Nick Batum's father, right? You know, right, passed Another away one. on the court on the court when Nick was two years old, right? Like, yeah, man. yeah. So I mean, just. Like anytime I get to see those moments, whether it be a father and son, it's it's more special to me as a father and son. But even father daughter, mm-hmm. like we just talked about the with the Williams sisters. Um, I just think it's a great moment, man. Like, cause not everybody gets to see that. Cause I mean, not everybody. Number one, not everybody becomes a champion, right? Um, but then the ones that do, like, it's oftentimes their fathers are gone already you know by the time they do mm-hmm. and so yeah anytime that you get to see that especially when you know how pivotal the fathers were in their lives um it's just great moments absolutely all right so now the crowning one the one i do put above all the rest and that is the back-to-back home runs hit by ken griffey senior and ken griffey jr I don't think there's a better father-child moment in sports better than this one Um, because obviously both father and son are on the field of play on the same team together, which is just an insane rarity. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this before a few episodes back, Um, just about the We talked about briefly last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, just that in itself is like, how often does that happen? Um, but yeah, that's just an awesome moment. I could imagine like the stories when they got home, like, you know, just reliving the moment. It's <laughs> just like talking about it. Um, or just how about dressing the dugout after it happened? Like, yeah, like Junior yeah. Junior finishes his trot, touches home plate, <laughs> goes in the dugout, high fives his teammates, sits down next to his dad and says, Dad, you realize you just hit a home run, and then I just hit a home run. Like, how crazy is that? Right. Or even just sit down and just like, yeah, you saw that? Like, <laughs> you know, like that little knot. You know, because you know, like, um, when you get to a certain age, like, you kind of become competitive with your dad. Oh, you absolutely. Can be. You know, like, I know me and my dad were like that. Like, my dad was always faster than me for the longest time until, like, probably my junior year in high school mm-hmm. um and part of it was because like he wasn't working out as much and stuff like that by that time and um yeah like that was in the moment it just kind of became like i could take you now <laughs> you know like like come on let's get on the track you know we could because before like get on the track and like nah nah nah, nah we're good nah. yeah <laughs> but now it's like oh oh you want okay let's go 100 meters, let's go, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, man, it, I, I can imagine. At least, at least I know if it was me and my dad, we'd definitely be having some back and forth. 
Oh, <laughs> in the, absolutely. In the dugout. You know, I mean, we used to do that anyway. I remember I would, I would, um, like, I would go to invitationals or or stuff like that, and um, some like sometimes when he couldn't be there, and I'd be like, oh yeah, like I remember when I ran my personal best at the time, and it was like I had just I had finally broke I had finally broke ten seconds on the hundred ten meter hurdles. Okay, which was huge. That's um, that's really huge. Yeah. Yeah, I was like ten, like just under, like just under eleven. But I, I finally broke it, and um, yeah, my dad was like, "How fast you run?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it was like ten fifty nine or something like that, or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly." And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, when I was your age, I was I was doing like ten forty six. You still got a ways to go, like you know." And it was just like the, <laughs> the conversation. It was it was fun, you know. It was, it was that that fun like back and forth competition and that banter and whatever so like and that's why i said like i could just imagine them going home and like sitting down around the table ready to eat dinner or whatever it just like oh so you just thought you were gonna show me up huh just hit a home run right after me that's just that's what you thought you were gonna do <laughs> like you know so um yeah it's a great moment it's a great yes. moment and like you said it, it's so rare for father son to play like you see siblings Yes. Right. See, you see that all the time. You see siblings. Uh, you see cousins. You but. see cousins, but you rarely see a father son, or even um, just recently we had a son and his mother um, playing at the same time. Um, was Pam and, was Pam playing? Uh, I thought Pam. I thought I thought they had, they made history because she's the first. Um, you know, professional women's player to have a son play in the NBA, but I don't think she's actively playing. I mean, she might be. I thought she was playing that game. I thought she played that game. I have to look it up. You know, Pam, Pam was on that USC team back with Cheryl Miller and, and Coop way back in the 80s. Like, yeah. Pam is, she's up there. I don't know if she's playing you in her You might be 50s. right. I thought, I could have, I, well, maybe. I thought they said she was playing, but I could have I could have read it wrong. She, she might be. I'm, you know, well, <laughs> but I'm just like I would be very surprised if Pam was still playing pro ball at her age. And if you don't know who Pam is, we're talking about Pam McGee, the the mother of NBA player Javel McGee. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I don't remember. I thought they were playing at the same time, but I could be wrong. I'll have to um, look that up. But maybe you might be right. I mean, Javel's been remember. the league for a while. Yeah. You know. And I just remember seeing it on the on the news. Well, you know, at at the time, I remember seeing it on the on the news. This has been a while now, so it wasn't that recent. But, um, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. super dope. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whether they played had active careers at the same time, or whether you know, you know, he played her career was beforehand. Still, that that's very cool. And another rarity, yeah. you know, mother yeah. and son, you know, having pro careers is a. Uh, you know, not a common thing. Not at all. Not at all. Awesome. Um, so, are there any that you would uh, that you would change that you can? No, nah, I mean, I I think that was a solid. I think that was a solid list. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any um, that I would add to it. But yeah, I think that was a solid list. I'm with it. Cool. <laughs> Means I did my job. Click <laughs> producer check. check. <laughs> well, 
Check well, one off. check that off. Well, Jeeks, that's going to complete this episode of the original Jeek podcast that we made to bless your ear balls. I am your host, Rocky Mr. Magic. He is Unique DNA, and we could not do this show without your continued support. So please continue to press play, share, review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. And if you can't find us, let us know at gnation at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or IG at Nation. Have a happy Father's Day, and until next time, peace. I make an entrance, so back Good. Come on, cut for me. Oh, yeah. Whoa, slow down. Whoa, speed up. This is DJ What, and you're listening to the original Jeek Podcast. Podcast.